Um, I don't like sitting for a long period of time, just working. We do get breaks though, but it's only for about 20 to 15 minutes. I miss my friends a lot. Welcome to episode 8 of Behaviorally Speaking, a podcast featuring board-certified behavior analysts Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. On this episode, Angela and Kristen take time to review how the first several weeks of virtual and hybrid learning has gone for them as mothers and for parents in general. On this episode, they provide practical tips you can still implement for a successful school year, and they discuss the importance of giving yourself grace when it comes to setting personal expectations. Behaviorally Speaking is brought to you by Rethink Benefits an employer-provided resource to support parents and caregivers of children with learning, social, or behavioral challenges. Learn more at RethinkBenefits.com. And now, here are your hosts, Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi. Hello, and welcome to our eighth episode of Behaviorally Speaking. I'm one of your hosts, Angela Nelson, board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. And I'm Kristen Bondi, also a board-certified behavior analyst and mother of two. Hey, Angie. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's it's going pretty well. Uh, you know, moving into the school year, it's been a little bit chaotic. And we just had a huge temperature drop out of nowhere over here on the East Coast. It's oh, freezing. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. I know. Like It's like, hello, welcome, uh, fall is here. <laughs> <laughs> no warning. Just one day we went out and it was so cold. I mean, 60, so not super cold, but six went from like 80 to 60. So yeah, it's oh, been a... Uh, wow. 2020 has been a real interesting year. How <laughs> about you? Treat. It's been a real treat. <laughs> yeah, we are still hot. You know, September and October in California is kind of our hot, hottest months actually. And we're in, oh. you know, the orange air uh fire season just uh yeah just real really in the thick of it high 80s and hot and you know windy it's just yeah we're we're getting into our fire season so man that's so crazy yeah oh all right well hey everyone thanks for tuning in we hope everyone is doing well and staying healthy so we are just about a month into the school year for most of you, some more, maybe some less, depending on where you are. And this year is real unique. So in most cases, you might be doing virtual learning or some sort of hybrid learning. So for this episode, we really wanted to take a deep dive into how to make the school year successful. So how to keep it going if it's going well, or how to troubleshoot if it's not going so well. And we're going to talk a little bit about special education and how to navigate that with COVID. We'll talk a little bit about how to manage the crazy schedule, which Angie can tell you all about that. (laughs) And of course, how to stay sane and give yourself a little bit of grace. So not too much to ask, right? (laughs) So (laughs) sit back and, and hopefully we'll be able to give you some helpful hints to get you through the school year. Yes, definitely. Well, so... We wanted to kind of start off just asking and and inviting all of you to ask, how's it going, right? Mm -hmm. How did the first month go? I know we're after Labor Day, so if you're tuning in right as we are producing this episode, uh, it's mid-September, so most kids are back to school by now. And I guess that's our first question. How's it going? If it's going great, 
Well, ask yourself why. What is it that's going great? Why is why is it going smoothly? What can you attribute that to? Right. So and and think about how you can maintain that, how you can stay consistent and keep it going so you don't uh, things don't go off the rail. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's always important to think about. We've we've talked to so many families in the last couple of weeks and um I think every family has had some concerns, but there's also been some highlights too, so um, which is nice to see. So if things aren't going well, great. Ask yourself why and how you can continue that flow. Yeah, absolutely. I, sometimes it's it's like parents might start out really strong. You know, you get going and you're like, this is going so great. And then everything just kind of falls off. And it's like, well, wait a second. So maintaining consistency is huge. Um, yeah, definitely. And if things are not going well, Angie and I, when we were prepping for this, podcast, we were thinking, okay, well, what can we give us some, some tips and strategies if things are not going well? So maybe you did set it up for success, but we're still running into some, some speed bumps. And especially for those parents who are, who have kids who are virtually learning, there's a lot of moving parts to that. So we're going to talk a little bit about some ways to really get going and, and maybe make it go a little smoother. Yeah, definitely. Kristen, last month you hosted, we did a lot of kind of proactive preparatory things before school went back. So how mm-hmm. to kind of ease that transition that webinar you hosted um, was right. massive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like 5,000 people massive. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people did implement some really good things, mm-hmm. had it put in their best effort and it's inevitable. Things are still going to go wrong. These, this is un unprecedented times. And it's, you know, these are things that we've never experienced before. So there are things that we probably can't anticipate ahead of time, right? So, yes, exactly. you know, yeah. So now that we're into it a little bit, taking an inventory on what your systems are that you have in place for your kids' virtual school, now that you know what the expectations are for the teachers and the level of work and the kind of classroom management systems and so on, um, I think it's a good time to assess your organizational systems, right? Mm-hmm. So what are the systems you have in place that are going well or areas that you're kind of falling off on? So one of the things we really think about a lot is v- visual supports. So do you have checklists? Do you have schedules for your kids? Do you have a checklist that says, you know, I need to stay in my seat and then I can earn, you know, break time or I can earn my video games afterwards, right? Uh do you have a good organized workstation? This was something um, that I didn't take seriously enough. I had, okay, my kids have pencils. They've got, you know, the basic stuff. <laughs> I didn't realize that within that first few days of school, they were going to need a ton of different resources. And I think, um, no joke, when the principal sent out the resource or the list of things to buy for the first week, like they do every year, I almost was in tears. I saw that and I was just like, oh my God, seriously, the the pencils, the erasers, the glue sticks. <laughs> Seriously, you can just like forget it. I, I'm, my kids aren't going back to school in person. I'm not even going to go to Target right now and get all that stuff. So I was kind of bitter about it. And then sure enough, uh, I am not joking. My daughter and the, uh, Kristen, you, I don't know if I told you, but on the first day, Rosie wanted to wear a witch costume. And I'm like, you know what, whatever. I'm just picking my battles. She definitely wore oh, a witch funny. costume. And then she needed a glue stick and I was in, I was on camera doing a demo and she came in. She's like, mom, I need a glue stick wearing a witch costume I'm in the middle of doing a presentation. And I'm like, wow, seriously, they need a glue stick already. So that was a wake up call that I needed to get my workstation in order. I needed to take my own advice. 
Oh my goodness, and, that's so funny. Yeah, I know. So they, now they've got their workstations. They've got it all set up in their spot. They've got all the materials that they need, and they really do use a lot of different stuff. So make sure the t- materials are organized. It's going to cut down on those interruptions and just uh, the amount of times that your kids need to get up and go around the house and look for stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah, definitely making sure they're organized is huge. And it's, you know, it's funny. I had a parent one that I was consulting with actually asked me that same question. She was like, I just got the list and there's all sorts of stuff on there. And I don't think I need to get any of this. And mm-hmm. me not having any clue, I was like, surely you don't need all of that right now. So I definitely did not give that mom the proper advice <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that's nice for everyone to know, you know, yeah. um, making sure you're organized. And along with that, I think it's so important to make sure that your expectations are are realistic. That is huge. So are you expecting too much? I've talked to a lot of families recently who said, okay, well, you know, he's going into ninth or 10th grade and he should be able to just manage this. He's, he's older, he's a teen, he should have it. And I think it's really important to make sure that you are going off of what you, you think your child can do, but also keeping your expectations in mind. So for instance, it's like, this is new territory for this ninth grader who is now doing virtual learning. And Mm -hmm. all of this is completely new. They have to learn how to just submit their work through the computer or even log in or remember their password and, and all that stuff that is that that we don't think about. So just kind of going back and thinking about your expectations, if things are not going as, as well as you hope that they should be or think they should be right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We, we've even seen that, Some parents are thinking the teachers might be expecting too much. Oh, absolutely. And Mm -hmm. so it's good to, you know, that actually rolls right into our next tip, which is collaborate with your child's teacher. Even if you have a high schooler, you know, if your child's older, um, this is a time to not be shy and it's okay to maybe even kind of help get the ball rolling and model that good communication Mm -hmm. for your child. So ideally you want them to be independent, but if your kids are smaller, um, you know, reach out to the teacher and see what's a good cadence of communication. So that way you can manage your expectations. They can manage expectations too. Um, give information about your child. That's one of the things you mentioned in your podcast or your uh, webinar, Kristen, is, mm-hmm. you know, yep. if your child has different, has a, has an IEP, uh, in special education, they need certain accommodations or supports, give that information or let them know, you know, we really are working on attention and focus. Can we work on a system for taking breaks? Um, Mm -hmm. My kids will get, they'll do on most days they do, I'll I'll get under their schedule later, but they do the afternoon cohort, which is 1230 to three and they get one break. And I personally think, um, you know, there are, there are a lot of kids that need more breaks than Mm -hmm. that. And so we're doing a lot of talking with families lately about, you know, working, with the teacher to come up with some sort of, maybe it's a card that they just put up. We Yesterday, a mom said that they have a couple different color cards. One's like a bathroom color, one is a break, one is I need help. And so he'll just kind of make it like a little tent so the teacher sees when he's not in his seat, oh, he's taking his Oh, taking that's so, so good. I love that. Yeah, super unobtrusive. Nice mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't disturb anybody. So giving information, requesting information from the teacher, um, you know, one parent the other day I was talking with said, I, I guess I just assumed that the teacher would be reaching out to me to talk about these things. Mm, and mm-hmm. and sometimes it helps to put things in perspective. Like, you know, you're thinking about 
your child's needs and advocating for your child, which you should be. But keep in mind that the teacher has a whole classroom of kids that they are working with their parents as well and emailing. And on Sunday morning, I opened up my inbox as an example, and I had a teacher email I had emailed her something about a, a math uh, extracurricular thing for my older daughter. And she had written me back and it was like 535 in the morning on a Sunday. Oh, wow. It's like, oh my gosh, they're they're working mm-hmm. overtime. So so don't assume that the teachers are going to reach out to you. Be proactive because they've all got a lot on their plates. And so you might need to be the one to initiate. Um, and then the, the other thing too, just about teacher collab is uh, check out our last podcast because- yeah. We interviewed two of our friends uh, who also happen to be our colleagues and really seasoned teachers, um, one in the UK and one in Colorado, um, about their perspective and the things that they want parents to know and that they want parents to do. So definitely don't forget to collaborate you know, positively with those teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So important. And the next one, probably my favorite, <laughs> is check-ins. So don't forget to check in with your children probably more often than you think that you need to. So this was a big thing I talked about during that big webinar I hosted, but let's set them up for success and check in a little bit more frequently than you probably need to, or maybe even more than you have in the past. Just making sure to check in as much as you can, assuming you're there and if you're able to. If you can, switch off with your partner or maybe another adult in the household. So can you take turns checking in? So it's just super important to make sure that you are on top of it so that we things don't go and it's like, oh, all of a sudden we have all of these assignments missed and all of a sudden, oh no, he didn't show yes. up for three of his Zoom classes. What's going on? Mm-hmm. So it's so important to just make sure to check in. And a few other tips that I I did during the webinar that I hosted last month, um, one of them is to get your child's support for goals. This is really important. So when you're making that schedule or when you're making setting those goals or that reward system, get your child's buy-in and support. So something like, okay, what do you think your reward should be at the end of the day if you get all of your homework or your virtual learning done? Or if you initiate all your tasks without avoiding them or without throwing a fit or lying to me about it, what can Mm -hmm. you get at the end of the day? And so really helping your child come up with their own personal goals. And you just mentioned this, but don't forget about breaks. It's so important Mm -hmm. To make sure that you are adding in breaks throughout the day. I love that card idea. That's that's really great. And helping your child understand that taking breaks are okay. And then also, again, collaborating with the teacher and letting them know, hey, my child needs maybe a couple more breaks than the other kids in the class. So I'm going to prompt him or her to take a couple more breaks and, and just knowing that that's okay. Mm-hmm. And then definitely last but not least is free time is okay too. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that and a little bit, just some ideas for that, but feel free to schedule that into the day. There's going to be some downtime and we've got some ideas later for what you can do for that free time, but schedule in some activities there that are going to free you up a little bit too, especially if you're working from home. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Can't forget that. Can't forget that free time. It's Mm -mm. kids are working hard too, you know, right. Yeah. Okay. So let's segue a little bit. We are going to talk about the crazy schedule. And I imagine that if you're listening to this podcast, it is because (laughs) you're probably also experiencing some sort of crazy scheduling. Um, There, as a side note, 
Kristen, did you end up getting to watch that video? I did. It's so funny. (laughs) So there's a video. Some of you may have seen it. It's on YouTube. It's about this uh, parent. She's actually a comedian, but she's playing the role of a school administrator. And she's just kind of, it's lighthearted, but she's poking fun of the, the crazy schedule that the districts have put in place. And don't get me wrong. I think the districts are doing a great job and they're doing the best they can with the hand that they were dealt. But Mm -hmm. some of these schedules are kind of crazy. Um, So she just pokes fun of it or fun at it and says, um, you know, okay, uh, for group. So we have a red group and a blue group and the red group is going to go to school on Mondays and Wednesdays and every other Friday if it's raining. And then the other group (laughs) is going to go and start an hour later, only in the months that end in R. And, you know, just like kind of silly things like that. And thank you for the 472 surveys that we uh, sent out to you. And we're just going to throw that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a totally different system that um, no, no one's ever be. heard about. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of a lighthearted thing. And Again, um, you know, no, no uh, ill wishes towards the school district. It was, you know, it, it's just kind of a funny, funny thing to help uh, bring some levity to the situation. But, um, yeah, crazy. Schedule. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so my favorite one was when she said, "And the second half of the day, or the second set Zoom session or something of the day, is going to be twenty three minutes long for absolutely no reason." <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> Yes. And you must teach with a certain type of like pirate accent or something Mm -hmm. like. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So definitely tune into that if you want to laugh because it's very funny. Um, Okay. So just diving into how to manage the chaos or the crazy schedule that that you might have right now. uh, Number one really is going to be visual supports. So Angie already mentioned it earlier, but it's really helpful to lean on all visual supports. So things like writing out that daily schedule. What does it look like? Maybe writing out every single activity or if the days are different, writing out, okay, Monday looks like this, Tuesday looks like this. So really writing out that schedule and using a calendar. This is important all the time for kids, I feel, but um, especially right now with things just being so chaotic and not really, you know, your kids might not have all the information. So let's help them gather the information and then put it on their own calendar. For older kids, you can use their phone or their uh, whatever they might, their computer or however they want to have their little to-do list or their calendar. And for the younger ones, you could certainly use a paper calendar and write it out on there. And a couple other things for visual supports, you can color code, really helpful for executive functioning skills. So things like organization and, and making sure that your child is okay, all of my red is for math and all of my blue is for reading. So really color code those subjects for them can be really helpful. And then of course, we mentioned it before, but using those checklists. So saying, all right, here's what you have to do during these two hours. Here's your checklist. Let's make sure to complete those activities. Then you can have a break. And then, okay, let's look at our next checklist. So definitely leaning on a lot of those visual supports will be helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. We I think we've seen... Um, a, a wide spectrum of teachers, some that are super savvy with technology and they've got, they're using all the um, the apps and, you know, listing out everything that needs to be done. And then there's mm-hmm. other teachers that are not as familiar with technology. And so uh, we have to kind of pick up the slack in those right. cases and, and maybe make our own checklist. So yeah, yeah good, good tips. Um, kind of along with that too, 
using the technology to your advantage. So using timers and alarms, um, different computer or phone apps as reminders. Mm-hmm. I personally, this is not a uh, a plug for uh, the Alexa app, but just saying, um, <laughs> I know a lot of parents that have used the Alexa app and we use it too. Um, not only as a timer for their break, so they know when to go back to their computer, but also as alarm clocks too. So um, in on Wednesday, speaking of the crazy schedule, my kids, um, their schedule is 1230 to three every day for their synchronous class. And then in the mornings, they have to do enrichment activities that I have to uh, facilitate. And then on Wednesdays, it changes. <laughs> so they do 8.30 to 11.15, and then they go back to do 12.30 to 2.15. And then there's also enrichment stuff in there too. So um, we're, we happen to be filming on a Wednesday. And so it's uh, this is kind of right in between <laughs> their, um, oh, man. their crazy days. So it's a little bit chaotic for me. So we use Alexa to prompt them to remember, and for myself too, to remember to go back to class a second time. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. I, I couldn't, I mean, I'm just not going to be able to keep all that stuff straight, but I want to be able to get them in the mode of setting their alarms and doing that stuff. And we're already, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but we're already starting to see a little bit more independence, which I'm super excited about. Yeah. 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 We definitely will talk more about that for sure, because that's, that's huge and super crucial this year is to start building in some of that independence. So another one here is to set expectations like we talked about before. So just manage your expectations, but really setting those expectations and rules for electronics. So, so many families, and I think this kind of happened a lot toward the end of the school year last year. And I think a lot of parents figured it out, hopefully. Um, Mm -hmm. It it really, uh uh-oh, those games are available and, or that screen time is there. And my child uh, ended up on YouTube when they were supposed to be on their Zoom call. And so a lot of parents are are weighing in on that and and trying to figure out, okay, what can we do to, to minimize that? But I think the best thing to do is to use that to your advantage. So you know your child likes screen time or electronics of some sort, use that as a reward and and have Mm -hmm. there be a contingency. So if you finish your schoolwork, you can have your screen time at X amount of time or at at three o'clock. I was actually talking with a mom this morning about exactly this. and, And we were saying, okay, let's create a checklist. And if he finishes his work by three o'clock, then screen time window opens from three until 4.30 because he also Mm -hmm. has homework too. So three until 4.30, he gets a break. He can have screen time if he, he was avoiding a lot of his work too, by the way. So Mm. if he doesn't do it, then unfortunately that's going to eat into his screen time window. So providing a little bit of an incentive there that, Hey, the more work you get done, the longer your screen time is going to be. So Mm -hmm. I know you had talked about something like that in a previous podcast, very similar with your girls. I think it was for dinner time. If you Mm -hmm. talked about dessert or something, but um, yeah, trying something like that, using those using your electronics to your advantage. Yeah, I love that. It's kind of a pretty simple concept too. And mm-hmm. what, when you'd mentioned about spring and kind of availability of all all this technology and stuff, it, it brought up a really good point, which is just the springtime, I think for most schools was emergency mode, right? right. So there wasn't a whole lot going on. Kids got used to having access yeah. to devices and stuff. So it probably does warrant like a formal sit down with the kids to say, these are the expectations now. Mm -hmm. These are the rules for electronics. And by the way, PS, it's different now. (laughs) Right. This is like this is real school. (laughs) This is a real school. So (laughs) absolutely. 
So maintaining rules and I mean, excuse me, maintaining routines. That's one thing Kristen, you and I were talking about too. There's, you know, there's certain things you can control, certain things you can't, and you can't really control the school schedule, but you can still keep some things consistent in your house. And so maintaining certain routines that you've always had help to kind of round out the quote unquote normalcy as much as you can, right? So Mm -hmm. keeping that bedtime routine the same. I think in talking with families, when it comes to COVID, pre and post COVID uh, or current COVID times, bedtime routine hasn't really been disrupted as much um, from what we're hearing. And so if you can keep the bedtime the same and kind of the, the structure the same, same thing with dinner, same thing with waking up at the same time, that's one thing a lot of the teachers are suge- suggesting too is just treat this like a school day. Don't mm-hmm. sleep in. Um, my kids don't start their classes until 1230 in the afternoon, but we still get up <laughs> early because we have to do – like I got to go to work, you know? Right. And um, that we want them to – get on their computer and do their enrichment activities, get into a routine um, because the hope is eventually they'll just do it on their own once they have that uh, fluency with that. So keep the routines the same as much as you can within your control. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so important. And and you kind of led right into the next one. So teaching your kids to manage their own schedule. So I think they're not going to be able to do it right away, but definitely doing that where you're setting them up for success. You're saying, mm-hmm. okay, Monday, this is what our schedule looks like, especially for families who are going to and from school on various days. And your kids are probably so confused. Mm-hmm. So make it again, let's use a calendar on Mondays. We go to school. This is what this looks like. We get up, we get dressed, we, we, eat our breakfast, and then we leave the house. We go to school. On Tuesdays, it's virtual learning. This is what it looks like. And a few weeks of that where you're kind of prompting them along on what it looks like. And then maybe the following week say, hey, today's Monday. What do we do today? Mm -hmm. And so really just allowing your child to to think about it and say, oh, it's it's a school day. That's what I do. And okay, go ahead. Let's get ready. You know, let's get ready to go to school. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think this of all of our tips is yeah. my top one because this is, you know, Kristen, what, when we talk with parents, that's been the biggest complaint that mm-hmm. we're hearing is that how am I supposed to juggle all this? Like I'm right. working, I've got to juggle multiple kids' schedules. They're all different, different teachers. It's insane sometimes, you know? And mm-hmm. so this, the tip that you just gave is literally what's saving us right now is to try to get these kids independent, try to get them to start doing this stuff and not relying on us to, you know, run out of every conference call at, you know, the half an hour mark. So we got to transition our kids to the next thing. Obviously some kids are not going to need more support than others, but if your child does have that ability, that is an area that I would suggest pouring a lot of time and resources into. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just going to free you up in the long run. So yeah. it might be more work on the front end, but it will definitely make it a lot easier, especially depending on how long we're going to be virtually learning. So yeah, totally. Now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I actually, I don't know if I was telling you this, but I had this mom guilt where I'm like, gosh, I'm really forcing my kids to grow up so fast right oh. now because I'm putting so much pressure on them to manage their education. I mean, the teachers are are doing a great job. Don't Mm -hmm. kid, you know, I I, don't get me wrong, but, um, they're, they're just having to be so independent. And I, I, sometimes I feel guilty about how independent I am having to, you know, how much independence I'm putting on them. But at the end of the, the, the day, it's, it's good for them. They're learning and they are developing some really important skills. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with, in that, in that same breath though, um, 
what one of the things that that we talked about too is just remembering to be flexible. It's not going to be perfect, right? So be oh, flexible. Yeah. Know that there are going to be days where one of your kids is just late to their Zoom call and it's someone forgot and it's okay. I think we're striving for getting through and doing the best we can and we're not striving for perfection right now. So we just have to be flexible. And this is just the hardest, I think, time for a person that's type A, like like, <laughs> yeah. like us, right? Because exactly, yes. <laughs> you can't control everything. And it's really hard to kind of just not have control over these aspects of your life that you're used to controlling, like your, you know, like your schedule, right? But right. Um, so just really a good life lesson in flexibility right now and just trying to do the best you can and not striving for perfection. Mm-hmm. Yep, Absolutely. And then we mentioned this a little bit, but but again, just really teaching in independence. So just like Angie had mentioned before, teaching them to manage that schedule, maybe set their own timers, teaching them to maybe at the beginning of the day, write out and say, okay, here's my to-do list for today. Here's what I need to do for older kids and uh, have them make their own lunch if they can. So oh, yeah, yeah coming in, saying, making their own lunch. Uh, really important, write down the logins and the passwords. Mm. So they're not coming to you to get that information to log in. And obviously for the little ones, they're still going to need some support because a a lot of kids, even just kindergarten and first grade are expected to just be on virtual learning all day long. And maybe they don't know how to type yet. I mean, that's huge. So definitely, you know, teaching independence when you can, and even just teaching your child just to type in just that password will be helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was I telling you um, some of the things we take for granted, like what the shift key is and the control key and all that stuff. Right. Like Mm -hmm. when you're putting in a password with a capital letter, if your kid has never used a computer before, it's like capital M. They're like, what? What? How do I do do that? I touch the M key. What? How? (laughs) So those sort of things that you just don't even think about. And those are good. Yeah. Good practice opportunities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay. So the, the, before we segue into our next segment on special education, just kind of rounding out, you know, there are a lot of families that are saying, okay, well, we're, we're getting, you know, a couple hours of work. I don't feel like my child's being pushed enough. There are a lot of supplemental apps and activities out there, just additional things. And these are things that we've been talking about for months too. Mm -hmm. So Go Noodle, which is a fun kind of uh, app to get kids moving, Cosmic Yoga Kids, same thing. I heard of um, OutSchool where the kids can take classes. They're super cheap. Some of them are even free, I think. Um, Just classes online on all sorts of different topics. We just purchased a bunch of workbooks to kind of supplement. There are some days where um, our kids' uh, outdoor or outside enrichment activities are pretty slim. So we'll do some workbooks. Other act- uh, apps like Khan Academy and ABC Mouse, we know those are really good ones. National Geographic has some really amazing things. You can watch like baby, you know, baby tigers and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, learn about the care for animals. Um, and then – You know, the other thing too that we did was we reached out to my kindergarten teacher or my kindergartner's teacher, and she had given me a ton of good suggestions, like checking our state standards. Um, You know, if we want to supplement a little bit further, check to see what the California standards say in terms of what they should be knowing at each kind of juncture of kindergarten to make sure that our kids are staying up. Um, And additional ideas like uh, games, she said, get a deck of cards and then you each flip over a card and then they have to 
say which one is greater than or, or less than or just bigger oh, or smaller right. mm-hmm. or add them together and whoever says the answer first. You know, so just using all sorts of things. Um, so definitely, again, reach out to the teacher if you want some additional supplemental uh, materials. Yeah, yeah, those are so great. And something that I I talked a lot about before, and I've mentioned it probably even in the last podcast, but create a little mini list for your child. So when there is some downtime or leisure time, have your child make a list, kind of like a menu. So say, okay, you know, this is going to be our extra learning time or whatever you want to call it. Choose something from the list that you want to do. And that really helps, again, building more independence and allowing your child to not negotiate perhaps as much, but you're giving a little list there and saying, okay, these are the activities we can choose from. You can do the oh, same thing. Good. Yeah. You can do the same thing for um, like leisure skills too. So what are your favorite activities you like to do just to kind of, you know, around the house, coloring, stringing beads, playing Play-Doh, and just make a, a little list and then your child can choose from them that when they have downtime too. Mm, yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we're going to jump on into our next segment. We're going to talk a little bit about special education this year. So some families might already have special education in place, or perhaps you are in the boat of a lot of families I've talked with who, in fact, a call I had this morning who was in the process of getting an evaluation done and then everything stopped because of COVID. So Mm -hmm. it's been, I know it's been so stressful for so many families. And so we just want to talk a little bit about how to navigate special education this year. What are the, what are the rules? What are the laws? What are the requirements? And, um, you know, really just giving you some general tips and strategies to make sure that your child is still uh, getting served or serviced. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things we talked about, Kristen, is just, there's a lot of unanswered questions right mm-hmm. now. And it's uncharted territory. It, it really is. It's So although you want to advocate for your child, keep in mind too that this is going to take a little bit of time. Right. And we're not really in a, a place to be able to do the assessments and kind of go through the same process through the school that we normally do. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So in terms of the evaluation, so I actually found a really good article on this. So it's on understood.com and the article is called special education and coronavirus legal frequently asked questions about IEPs. And it had a ton of really good information on what is the process and what's the law and what does the process look like because of COVID. And so in most cases they have a a 60-day timeline, but some states are allowed to delay that because of COVID. So they have a timeline where they have to get it done, but because of COVID, some states can delay that. So you're going to want to check with your Department of Education, check the website, and really see what that uh, recommendation or what your state's guidelines are for that. And also the evaluations, they can be done remotely. So sometimes if, if they, if they want to, if they they can be done remotely, but of course that's going to be up to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so it's, it's understood.org. If, uh, if you guys want to check it out. What did I say? I think you said understood.com. Oh, (laughs) understood.org. Correct that. (laughs) Correction. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think we, we talk about this website all probably almost every I know it's so podcast, good or at mm-hmm. least we just talk about it outside the podcast because it's so right good. but yeah, yeah definitely and then, check that out yeah and department of ed like you said too good good inv- information a good source of info mm-hmm. um so yeah so that's great so if you're 
as Kristen said, you know, kind of the process if you're waiting to get an eval, if you already have an existing IEP, a lot of parents are asking, what's the deal? Is it still yeah. in place? Yes. It's a legal, that's a legal document that yes, mm-hmm. it is still going to be in place. Again, check the department of ed, um, for clear, you know, clarification, but all schools must have a plan if the district restricts in-person learning. And, um, I'm sure you've probably heard information over the last couple of months from your, your state or your district about that, but there's a, they're making new rules and stuff about that. But yes, IEPs are still valid during mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. And same thing with evaluations. IEPs can be done remotely. So again, it's going to be up to them, but you could certainly request it. You know, if you're coming up on your IEP renewal date and saying, Hey, what do you think about this being done remotely? Can we do that? So they can be done remotely. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of the parents have asked me too. um, Again, it's really school by school, district by district, state by state. But um, what we're starting to hear is that some schools that are not yet in person are starting to phase back different cohorts of kids. And one of the cohorts that they are prioritizing are students with disabilities. So that's kind of nice. We know that there are some kids where remote learning just is not working. It's just not a a way, an appropriate way for them to access their curriculum. So um, yeah, it's kind of nice to see that the the districts are prioritizing students with disabilities, uh, students who um, where English is not their first language, students that are experiencing homelessness, and a couple other groups as well are getting priority, which is nice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And then definitely making sure to ask questions. Your district, of course, is not going to have all the answers, um, just like with, with really anything. Your teachers might not even have all the answers right now. But making sure that y- you know the questions to ask and, and knowing that you can still ask them You could ask things like, what kinds of accommodations can you provide? So what can they do to uphold that IEP if it's in person or in virtual or or in in person or virtual? So what what can they do? How can they help your child essentially? How can they, um, you know, make sure they're, they're implementing those accommodations? And a big one, and this is one and that kind of ties into your last one, but what happens if virtual is not working? I've talked with a lot of families who it's it's just not working for them. So what's their plan B? They may not have it yet. Hopefully they are allowing, prioritizing those students like Angie had mentioned, but in, in that case, they may not be sure yet, but let's kind of get that on their radar. Mm-hmm. And and then if, it, if they're not going in person, how are they going to be or how's the school going to be tracking compensatory hours? So for instance, if they can't go, how are they making sure that they're going to make up that time? Is there a plan for that? Is there a plan in place? Again, maybe not yet, but it's definitely something that you can start thinking about and starting to ask those questions. Yeah, I think I think your point or what I'm taking away from that is like you should have you should feel comfortable asking mm-hmm, what right. that you have. Don't hold back. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of goes into our last point of this segment, which is, you know, you are the advocate for your child. The school is scrambling to try to manage so many different aspects. So as I mentioned earlier, don't wait for someone to contact you. You're going to have to kind of go forward and advocate, but also still, you know, have that uh, realistic kind of aspect to it as well. Just know that they are juggling a lot of things. but you have nothing to lose. You should feel comfortable going for it and asking for what you need, what you want. Um, don't hold back, but you know, still be realistic to know that they're, they may not be able to get back to you immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Really important. Okay. So our last little segment 
is called self-care. So that's don't a, forget about you. Just a little, <laughs> yeah, just a little topic called self-care, right? So <laughs> super important, especially right now. Uh, it, there are a ton of articles written about this in the last couple months, just self-care as it relates to coronavirus and, and COVID. Mm-hmm. But you know, we wanted to, to add in a little piece as well, because it is so important, especially when you're a parent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So really leaning in on some of those formal supports that are offered to you. So counseling, now is a great time to take advantage of it because you don't have to go anywhere. A lot of it's virtual. Yeah. So how nice that you could just meet with someone over the computer. You may not even really need to take much time off of work to do so. You don't have to drive mm-hmm. anywhere. So definitely lean on some of those formal supports, uh, educational resources like Rethink. So for those of you who are listening that your employer does provide the Rethink benefit for you, you of course can go on our site. We've got all kinds of great resources on there. And of course, schedule consultations with our awesome clinical team. So uh, definitely feel free to take advantage of those resources that you have. Yeah, definitely. I know I was just thinking too, for um, the companies that do provide like EAP programs and and wellness, what a perfect Mm -hmm. time to try out counseling for the first time, right? Because I think like making the appointment and going there, sitting in the weight room, waiting room, that's the scariest part. But if you can just, you know, talk to someone on your (laughs) phone, how easy, like Mm -hmm. really removing a lot of barriers. So, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, informal supports really important. So whereas formal supports are those services that are free or for a fee, like Kristen said, counseling and, um, you know, professional supports, you've got your friends, you've got your family, you've got people that are part of your religious networks or, you know, uh, the groups on social media, parenting groups. So mm-hmm. those informal supports can really, really be a great sense of uh, community, sharing ideas and resources and just make you feel less alone because we're kind of all in the same boat. <laughs> Exactly. And and leaning on your class, your child's classroom, get to know some of the other parents because they're yes. experiencing the same thing. They're experiencing that same teacher, good or bad. Um, <laughs> so definitely reaching out to that those uh, other families as well, if you can. And of course, your neighbors too. If you've yeah. got some families near you that might have kids the same age, always really helpful. Share some of the responsibility. Uh, a lot of families are doing a learning pod. A lot of my friends here are doing that with their kiddos where they're mm-hmm. doing just a kindergarten pod and and they have that a couple hours a day. So definitely finding ways to just free yourself up a little bit if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then next, and maybe the most important, <laughs> giving yeah. yourself some grace. So it's okay. You don't have to be perfect. It's not all going to go exactly the way that you've planned it to go or that you really even want it to go. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that you can recalibrate those expectations for yourself and your family. So we talked a lot about that, but making sure to take a step back and, and think, okay, how is this really going? What can I do to maybe make some changes? How can I let up on myself a little bit and know that, hey, I'm, I'm getting it done. We're all surviving. Everyone's happy and we're, you know, we're getting through the day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's kind of, that's my theme of the year. Recalibrate. Right. <laughs> exactly. Love that word. I don't think I've pivot. ever used that word. That. Pivot. Recalibrate. <laughs> Never word, use those words so much in the last couple of months than, you know, my whole life. So, um, <laughs> Also focus on what you can control. I know, Kristen, this was one mm-hmm. of your themes yes. from your webinar that you hosted last month. And it's so true. We talked about this already, but there are a lot of things that are out of our control right now. And it's kind of, I mean, 
do we really want to spend that much energy thinking about those things and trying to troubleshoot things that we, we as one person cannot change the, the mm-hmm. fact that maybe we're, our kids are not going back to school yet quite yet. There, that's uh, contingent upon a lot of other big decisions. So right. focus on what we can control, right? So as we said earlier, things like your routine or things like working with your teacher to kind of come up with some solutions to maybe an attention or focus issue or uh, things like enrichment and kind of supplemental materials uh, and and really just kind of coming up with fun things to do as, as a family. So you can kind of, I guess, combat those anxious feelings or those feelings of being pent up, you know. So can you control certain things? Yes, you absolutely can. And let, let's try to focus more on those ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And along with that, really learn to prioritize. So what's important right now? So many, many parents are, are wearing probably 100 hats right now, wearing so many yeah. hats and, and probably thinking, I'm not wearing any of these hats well. <laughs> None of them look good on me. But, <laughs> making, <laughs> but making sure that you are prioritizing. So what's most important? Okay, this is going to be my goal for the week for this child. And this is going to be the goal for the week for my job. And this is going to be my goal for this child. And knowing, all right, this is what's most important. I'm, I'm just going to focus on those things. And then next week, I'll figure out what my next set of goals are and I'll prioritize them. So really just taking it one day at a time or one week at a time and and really just kind of moving from there. Yeah, I like that. Kind of breaking it down, right? Mm-hmm. Like breaking it down yeah. I like that. So our last tip that we have for the day, and I think this tip has come up for many months, but it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a way to kind of resurface this. You know, a couple months ago, we we're like, okay, everyone's locked down. Let's just do things to help us relax. We're all going to make bread, you know, and then like flour <laughs> off the shelf and you couldn't find yeast and you couldn't find all these things. And, but it is important to kind of maybe stop and think about that again. Like, okay, here we are, you know, in March I was thinking, oh man, our kids are going to be out of school for a couple of weeks. Oh my gosh, this is longer than winter break. This is crazy. <laughs> and then here we are it, halfway through September and our, our kids are still not in school. And so you kind of go through these stages of grief in a way. And now I'm at this like helpless stage, like, oh my God, you know, this is, this is still going on. Okay. So it's a nice reminder to, okay, let's, let's bring back those, um, those priorities of self-care and doing things for yourself to recharge, be kind to yourself, right? Mm Self-love. So do things, even if it's something minor to look forward to at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I get to watch my favorite Netflix show. Or I just bought a new book, right? So I bought a new book. I'm going to get back into the baking again. So do things to help you recharge. Don't forget about that. Don't forget about yourself when you're trying to work and take care of the kids' school and do all these things. You need to have gas in the tank so that you can be able to do those things. I think we've probably said that on every podcast, but right. <laughs> it's it's so important. I mean, you really do. You have to make sure you are filling up your tank in order to really help anybody else. It's like on the airplane, you know, they say, put on your, uh, what is it? Your, your oxygen. Yes. Thank you. Put on your oxygen mask first before you can put on someone else's. You've got to do that first. So it's so important. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. I think we're into our last little segment, huh? Will, real talks with real moms. Yes. Mom. Yeah. Well, I have some really funny stories because <laughs> we have. So we've moved into our little guy, our oldest. Actually, he just turned four a couple months ago, and he started preschool for the first time. So that was really exciting. 
Uh, it's been a unique situation, of course, because of COVID. So his classroom size is pretty small, which is good, but he also has to wear a mask all day. So that's a little bit uh, interesting. And I really was not sure how that would go. But um, I think because the other kids are doing it, so it's he's he's okay with it. But I do have a yeah. But I do have a funny story about that. So I, I went out. I got all these masks for him, and I put them in a little baggie. Put them in his backpack. They're like label everything. So I labeled everything. Put it in his backpack. It was probably the second day of school. I was going through his backpack, and I found an, a, a, a mask that he had worn that day, and it was in a separate little baggie. And I <laughs> pulled it out, and I asked him. I was like, "What's up with this mask? Why? First of all, why aren't you wearing?" this one anymore this afternoon. And and second of all, why is it just in your backpack in a baggie? And he looked at me so serious and he goes, I sneezed in my mask. (laughs) And I was just like envisioning like what that was probably like for him because he also has allergies. So when he sneezes, it's like a sneeze. So I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, well, it's kind of like a built-in tissue, right? So okay. So yeah. So obviously we wash. He's like, we wash it. And I was like, yeah, of course I'll wash it. So, so that was fun. Um, and, and the other funny story is when I, So I really had no idea. And I guess this is kind of goes back to COVID. Like I I had no idea what his classroom was going to be like. I wasn't even able to look at the classroom. I have, I don't even know what's in there. I never met his teachers. So it was a real unique situation. So yeah. Yeah. Especially for his first day of school. I was like, I have no idea. Uh, Go on, buddy. (laughs) Wish you the best of luck. So I picked him up that first day. And of course I was so excited. And I was like, how'd it go? You know, how much did you learn? And so he just looked right at me and he goes, mom. And I'm like, yes. And he goes, there are no toys there. (laughs) In this very flat, like there are no toys. And I was like, well, that's because it's preschool. They have like educational stuff, right? Like they have stuff you can do. Right. And he's like, no. (laughs) And it's funny now. Yeah. To follow up on that. Cause it's been a couple weeks now since that happened, but every day I would ask him like, okay, well, what did you do? And, and for the first full week, he would say, there are still no toys there. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but what are you doing at school? And he, you know, he's four, so he couldn't tell me. But mm-hmm. um, eventually the, they had posted some pictures on the little Facebook page and, and all this. And I realized there are toys, but they're all educational toys, of course. So it's like matching letters and numbers and uh, shapes and colors and all of this, this, uh, you know, stuff you play with, you manipulate, manipulate. Um, mm-hmm. but it was just not what he was considering toys. So, <laughs> but it's going well overall, I should say. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. He'll get more used to it. You know, then he'll be able to come home and play with all his, his fun stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. There are no toys there. Thank <laughs> <laughs> so you. Oh, well, yeah, we're, we're kind of, we gra- we just graduated from the preschool stage. So I, I guess, the last time we recorded the the webinar, we didn't really talk about how school is going mm. um, with my kids. But yeah, so we've been in school for, oh, I guess Zero the Hero just came, I think, today to say there was 20 days. It's been like a month since we had school. And at first, it was totally chaos. I'm not going to lie. The, oh. you know, the afternoon class with the morning stuff. And it was a nightmare trying to figure out how to juggle everything and then Wednesday, which they call affectionately call Wacky Wednesday, uh, the <laughs> Wacky Schedule. So clever. <laughs> I know. Um, it started out kind of rough, and but then actually, I have to say, it's been going a little better. And my second grader is pretty independent. She can log in. Um, 
I hear her just chatting away and it gets a little tricky though, because the teacher will ask, you know, can Lily come back at a certain time? We have to do, they do like periodic assessments, reading assessments one-on-one. And so that's hard because those are just random one-off times. So you got to set the timer, got to write it down. You know, the teacher's really great about reminding the kids to, to go back in and do it too. So their parents don't have to remember all that stuff. But uh, yeah, she's pretty good at it. And Rosie was really not buying the whole remote school thing at first. Kind of just staring. And I'm sure I was like, you got to show the teacher that you know something, you know, because she's just (laughs) staring there. She wasn't really talking. She wasn't really engaging with like the Pledge of Allegiance and doing all that stuff. And but now she's become quite a chatterbox. And now she, you know, you know, just sitting in young elementary and preschool classes, the kids will just blurt out anything and everything. And mm-hmm. yeah, even though it has nothing to do with any other kids, it doesn't really like help <laughs> uh, <laughs> move the class forward. You know, like I just, I planted a new plant yesterday, you know, things like that. <laughs> yes. Now she's doing that and I'm having to kind of rein her back like, okay, Rosie, shh, shh, you know, <laughs> let your teacher talk. So she's kind of like swung the other way, but I'm glad she's engaging more now. And yeah, it's 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 going pretty well. I think we put some good practices in place to to help us with uh, you know this crazy schedule. But but all in all, I'm 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 okay. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that it's going as well as it is as it is. And I'm really impressed with the teachers actually. So I, I'm feeling pretty lucky. So yeah. Oh yeah, that's so good. I was just thinking when you were saying that being a teacher, just trying to manage kids virtually sounds like straight chaos. (laughs) I don't even know, especially if you have like six kids telling about their plants that they planted over the weekend. It's like, how do you just get everybody to (laughs) kind of fall in line? I feel like that would be really hard for the younger ones. I think older kids, they can figure it out, but definitely for the kindergartners and first graders. Well, it's hard because I heard her teacher say like, oh, so-and-so take that out of your mouth. And -and (laughs) so-and-so, where did you go? Oh and my like, goodness. Taking like a glitter bottle that like, you know, the calm down bottles that we made. And right. she's, like, she's like, where did you get that, Rosie? Put that down. Yeah, you know, why are you playing with that? So I think it's just like behavior. She can't really redirect it as well. Right. They're like unmuting themselves and making all this noise. Like, where is all that noise coming from? And the dogs are barking and just, you know, all that stuff. Oh but my goodness. I, I really hand it to the those kindergarten teachers, man. Yeah. And they, and they have to do it twice. They yeah. have a morning cohort and an afternoon cohort. They have to do the whole thing twice. It's just oh my gosh. nuts. So hats yeah. off to the teachers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and to the parents. Yeah. And to your girls for getting to be more independent and, and pulling through. So it didn't That's take true. them that long. That's true. Hats off to the kids. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, that is going to do it for our eighth episode of Behaviorally Speaking. So this coming quarter, our focus will be on executive functioning skills. That's going to be things like organization, focus, attention, time management. So instead of a podcast in October, I'll be hosting a webinar on this topic. If you're interested in joining, you can visit http colon forward slash forward slash go dot rethinkfirst.com forward slash webinar. Then we'll be back in November to talk about getting organized. So until then, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. You've been listening to Behaviorally Speaking with Angela Nelson and Kristen Bondi, brought to you by Rethink Benefits. We hope you found a moment to smile as Angela and Kristen shared some of their own experiences as well as those little gifts from the internet during this time of virtual learning. 
Find out more about Rethink at RethinkBenefits.com, where you can find past podcast episodes under the Resources tab. We invite you to subscribe, follow, like, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Your feedback helps us prepare topics and content for future episodes. Until next time, be well.